It's a funny place to be, stuck in a seemingly mundane world with an inner knowing that the universe is so much more than our mortal minds can comprehend. Yet we all have the capacity to know peace and our oneness with the wholeness of life. And through these interviews, discussions, and reflections, it is my intention to share this possibility. I'm Ryan Kurzak, and this is the Kriya Yoga Podcast. Often we imagine what we consider to be enlightenment or self-realization or the self to be something attained. And we talk that way sometimes because it helps for the effects of teaching. Um, but the simple fact is, you know, Ramana Maharshi talked about this. Roy Jean Davis, I've heard say this, even Yogananda, that, and even Jesus in the Bible uh, would say that heaven is here now, enlightenment is here now, the self is here now, where else could it be? It can't rise, it can't fall, it's always there. And what we're doing with our yoga practice, as you know from studying the Bhagavad Gita and studying the Yoga Sutras, is we are removing the obstacles, removing the coverings which reveal that. Essentially what we're doing is we're, we're removing our attention from the things that block the experience of clarity, of peace, of self, of enlightenment, of self-realization. And this is a hard thing to do because oftentimes we don't know anything else other than the stuff that's blocking the experience. And we feel more comfortable looking at things that, well, we're comfortable with, that we know that we can say, well, I know what that is. And this came up last weekend when I was speaking at a Unity Church in Charleston, West Virginia. Someone brought up uh, the Bhagavad Gita, and that's the beginning of the Bhagavad Gita, how there's the war, there's the conflict. And they were kind of asking if we can just sort of skip that part. And uh, I don't think you can. But as we discussed uh, in that class... You know, the conflict is necessary. It seems like it's going to be extremely traumatic and difficult, just like it seems to us oftentimes, like if we pull away from all the stuff that we know or that we're comfortable with, well, then what's left? And we're going to feel lonely and afraid and um, ungrounded and unmoored. Well, you might for a little while until you get your feet under you again. Um but in the Bhagavad Gita, there is this war, and, and Arjuna, which is representative of the, the aspirant, the spiritual aspirant, you, me, um, is put in the situation where he has to slay his kinsmen. On one side of the, the, one side of the, the battlefield um, are his family. On the other side of the battlefield is also his family. Now, we have to remember that this is a metaphor. Um, and the side that has to be slain, they're described as sons and brothers and grandfathers and cousins. And they are um, 
they are those things. Like, for example, for you to get where you are now, you had to develop a sense of I, a sense of separate existence. You had to have memory to remember what you've been up to, to keep it all together as a human being. But in time, just like in all things, once that serves its purpose, then you let it go. And so slaying one's kinsman, slaying one's small sense of self, the personality, slaying one's uh, tendency to latch onto memories and, and be attached to things, those are family members because they are things that have helped us get to the point that we are now. But to keep moving in our, our, our growth process, those things have to be let go. And that doesn't make a lot of sense because the majority of everyone that you know and everyone on this planet is still highly identified with human consciousness. And they want to be identified with human consciousness. They like it. You know, they, they like the struggle. and They like uh, having babies and making money and the rise and fall of fame and the gambling of the whole experience. They like all these things. And there's nothing wrong with that. But if you're interested in yoga practice, well, there's an indication there that you are, you are getting ready to graduate from all that stuff, which is why you begin to study things like the Bhagavad Gita or practice meditation. But you are still so steeped in um, where you've come from, uh, the majority of, of human consciousness because you're just starting to kind of wake up to something a little bit more, that of course it's hard to uh, look around and, and let go of all that, because that's where faith comes in, some kinds of faith anyway. Um, so we have to recognize that this is the state of things for us. <clears throat> and those of you who've studied the book, uh, The Holy Science, or participate in that class, which again, I'm going to offer that um, before a few months. I will do that again. But as Sri Yukteswar describes, there is this kind of natural involution and evolution of consciousness. And even the book, The Holy Science, can't do it justice. It's also, in a way, kind of a metaphor. It's just words to give you an idea of how the process kind of goes. Um, but consciousness is one thing. It's infinite. It's vast. It's whole. It's serene. And then seemingly, like a dream, I say seemingly because nothing really ever changes. It's just uh, our perception. Um, there is more involvement with the idea of being a separate being than more involvement with this idea of matter and then uh, doing things with matter, then expressing through matter, then becoming something. But if you remember from the holy science, and if not, don't worry about it, we'll get to it eventually. Once you reach the human consciousness, then there's what's called devata consciousness, which many people mistranslate as like angels, but it's not like angels, like, you know, Hallmark card angels. Um, they're just beings with greater clarity and awareness. And then even that, the sannyasi, the supremely free. And when we engage in yoga practice, well, now we're, we're starting with this baseline of, of human experience, and we're starting to look towards um, these other ways of being, which is natural to us. It's, it's just part of our, uh, our life cycle. Like uh, a caterpillar or a grub is part of the life cycle of 
um, a moth or a butterfly. They look radically different, but they are the same thing, where the egg is radically different from uh, the larva. So the human level or the human experience is just one of those stages. And the difficulty is, is that so many people get caught up in that stage. It's like they want to stay a caterpillar because they're used to it. They like it. They don't want to create the chrysalis or the cocoon, which is like what you do with yoga practice. That's creating the chrysalis and the cocoon. And then you have to stay there for a while and you have to sit with it and you're alone and you can't move and you can't wiggle around, but there's a change happening. And eventually you break free into being a moth or a butterfly or whatever you end up becoming. Um, so keep this in mind and, and the more you're able to wonder about, contemplate, well, how is it possible that I, uh, the self, is always here right now? That means that as you are right now, that's it. Well, that, that can't be it, right? Yeah, that's what you think. I'm just Melanie. I'm just Ronnie. I'm just Samantha. I'm just uh, Garima. How can that be it? Well, how can it not be it? <laughs> really, it's more like, um, you know, there are people with big egos that uh, think that they are everything and they're the savior of the world. Well, there's the other side of that too, where you just don't believe you're anything. Well, to, to not accept that you are the self and by your personality, Grima, Glenn, Lee, Kevin, um, that's just part of the, the expression, the personality. It would be like a, a, a red blood cell going around in a human body saying, I want to be human. I want to be human. Well, it is human. <laughs> it's, part of the, it's part of the human, the red blood cell. So it's not, it is human. We need all of these uh, parts to recognize that. And just imagine if the red blood cell could just accept that. Oh, I am human. Oh, I've got a little part to play in this this vast human being. And I'm just swishing around in these arteries, carrying oxygen and carbon dioxide or whatever they do. Iron, I don't know. Um, well, just imagine if they could just relax and be that red blood cell for the duration of its life. And then it's going to get recycled. It's still going to be human. But the physical, the outward is, is changing. So what we're doing with our um, yoga practice and our meditation practice is, is really coming to terms with the temporary aspect of ourselves, which is common to all, everyone, everything. And then digging, in, digging around to recognize the essence of what you are, which is eternal, beyond uh, the changing form. So... Um, contemplate this. This is not something easy. It's not something usually that I'm able to describe in a matter of, what was that, 12 minutes, and then everyone says, yeah, gee, I got it. That's great. Um, it's something you think about, and you contemplate, and you wonder about, and as you wonder about it, and as you contemplate, how could that be true? Then you start to have little insights, little kind of revelations, and they're not they might be words, but usually it's just like a knowing that comes around. And you have to hold on to that and, and, and let it deepen within you. And you keep wondering about it as the months and the years go by. Um, until eventually it becomes clearer and easier to recall. Uh, because there may be moments when you're caught up in things and you're not, it's not even in your, it's not even there. But then it, when, when that little distraction that you have to engage in passes, 
the awareness comes back. Oh, yeah. And this will be radically different than, say, when you first got started, when you had to sit down and really think about it hard until you had maybe five minutes of, oh, okay, I get it. And that was all you had throughout the rest of the day. And then you went and were mostly unconscious. Then you came back again and meditated again. And you had it just a little bit, and then it slipped away. As the months and years go by, that little bit that you're trying to cling on to so tightly as a realization becomes more accessible. It's as though all you have to do is just take a moment and and attune to it. And there you've got it again. Um, And then eventually it will become more and more permanent. At least that's how the theory goes, right? Um, so this is a process uh, that we go through and um, it's important to remember that this episode of the Kriya Yoga podcast was made possible by donations from Kriya Yoga apprenticeship students and supporters of our Patreon community at www.patreon.com forward slash Kriya Yoga